This podcast is brought to you by our friends at the Nexus Recruitment Group, official Bristol City Football Club short sponsors. There is a company or brand within the group that can assist all recruitment needs across any industry to suit any budget. Head over to nexus-resources.k.uk or threepeople.k.uk for more information. Hello and welcome to Three Peeps in a Podcast, the bonus show. A point gained at Ashton Gate when, to be honest, following the Cardiff game, I naively expected three points, but it's a clean sheet, steps in the right direction, commitment and desire levels are high from the players. Masengo is shining bright like a diamond and uh, Nigel makes his full debut in the home dugout in front of fans. Uh, with me, as always, from a golf course somewhere in the Cotswolds is Matt Withers. Matt? Hi, Pat. You okay, mate? Yeah, I'm doing all right. So uh, Good. apologies to everyone who tuned in or tried to tune in on a Sunday morning to listen to this, as usual. But Matt, yeah, selfishly, yeah. has been playing My, golf. Selfishly, yeah, I've been playing golf. But yeah, I don't, <laughs> it's probably not that selfish, to be fair. Although some, some of the, the other patrons may have considered me slightly selfish when I was playing in their fairway. But yeah. Um, but yes, yeah, so apologies to, uh, to all our listeners for yeah, that. Yeah. But, um, but you're here now. That's the main thing. I am. I yeah. am. Okay. Um, a bit of podcast admin before we get into the game. Um, congrats to Tom Coombs, who won the Alan Walsh podcast promo of a higher right bundle from Terrace Life. £50 worth of stuff. So uh, big thanks to Terrace Life. And congrats to Tom Coombs. Anyone who retweets this episode um, or the Luton episode will be entered into another draw um, for three A3 Bristol City prints from The Roof Studio on Twitter. So it's um, it's some kits back and front and then a nice, uh, nice picture of Ashton Gates. So please do like and share this episode. Um, I'll introduce our guest today. So we've got Paul Tompkins at Hannam Physio on Twitter. And uh, we're going to refer to you as Tomo. So, Tomo, how's it going? Yeah, good, Pat. Thank you. Yeah, nice to be here, guys. Nice to see you both. Yeah, yeah we bumped into Tomo. each other up at Middlesbrough um, with a friend of the show, Darren Garland. So, yeah, we uh, we got you got you on the on the podcast, and maybe we'll get some insights into some physio bits and pieces a bit later. But yeah, uh, that's how Marcos restores. I can tell you, that's fine. <laughs> thanks very <laughs> much. Um, so, we always go through the starting lineup first of all um and Matt for me the uh, the only thing I would have changed before the game is Baker out the silver in to make it a bit more attacking but what were your thoughts yeah we we spoke about it didn't we before the game down in the concourse and and I wasn't surprised he didn't change it I think um you know whether it was reward for the the performance at Cardiff um you know would have been harsh to, to drop Nathan Baker but you are then playing in effect four centre halves um, in your back four, because um, Zach Viner, you know, is is a centre half, and obviously Nathan Baker is. Um, and in hindsight, I think it was the wrong decision, but I, I do understand why he did it. Um, but yeah, in, in hindsight, I think exactly like you said, Jada Silva should have started. Yeah. Um, for you, Tomo, the starting lineup. Any? Yeah, I, I following on from what um, Matt said. Really, I mean, for me, it's a tricky one in it in terms of the formation. Whether you want to play a four four or five and that's what complicates it I think I, if my, my honest opinion is I'm not really having 
either Nathan Baker or Zach Viner as fullbacks in a four-four-two. Um, they both they, they both got skills and attributes, but I, I just think we, we struggle in a four-four-two with with those two in defence. So I would I would have um, absolutely put the silver in start. I, I don't know who else you play at right back. Obviously, the new lad's got got to take his time to come in. But yeah, and no, I, I would it would have been harsh on Baker in fairness. But if you're going to play a four, I'm not sure you can have Nathan Baker at four. He looks lost going forwards to me. Yeah, particularly at home as well, when you when you need to be on the front foot, you know, there's no attacking threat, really. Um, you know, modern day football, um, you know, demands attacking fullbacks and Nathan Baker isn't a, isn't a footballing fullback for sure. Um, so, yeah, it, that was that was the only thing um, that I would have would have tweaked. Um, and yeah, so, well, the starting lineup was there. And as you say, Matt, uh, Nigel's always said, you know, you, you've earned the shirt, you'll keep it. Yeah. And I think, you know, it's, it's a it's a fair thing to say. I just think that with Nathan Baker, as I say, you know, he's 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 a defending left back, but he's just not going to give you anything going forward. Um, mm. And I think it's horses for courses sometimes. I absolutely got it at Cardiff. Yeah. I think it was a, a bit of a masterstroke, but not not for me this one, yeah. Yeah, cool. Okay, um, just a bit of observation. So obviously, before the game, there was a, a, a moment's silence for 9-11, which I was really pleased about. Um, th- I, we assume, that obviously, we, we were told afterwards that it was for, for 9-11, but no one really knew what it was for when when the whistle went. And I, I imagine Downsy got you know, caught up in what he was doing and uh, didn't give the announcement. But nonetheless, well observed in the main. I think there was a a few noises from from the Preston end, which is disappointing. But uh, yeah, for me, obviously, twenty years I, on, and uh, it's something that that needed to happen, in my opinion. No, I completely agree. But I, I think, like you say, in fairness to the Preston fans, because there was no announcement, yeah, um, it, it was a bit of a shock. And and even sort of in and around me, people were sat down, kind of wondering, is this taking the knee? What are we doing? So it was probably a good few seconds in before people then stood up and, and recognised what it was about. But Absolutely the right thing to do. Yeah, completely. Okay, Matt. Matt's gone very robotic on it. I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> I did. I'm, I'm sorry. Wi-Fi issues in the Cotswolds, but it sounds good. Yeah. Okay. So let's get into the game then. Uh, the first chance came from an interception from Andy King, which found Masengo. His searching ball forward is cut out, but falls to Martin who plays a neat one-two with Weiman, um, but it's a little bit too close to the keeper, but he does go down. And, you know, it's one of those ones that it, <laughs> there is a chance of it being given, Tomo. Uh, how did you see that one? Yeah, so we're, we're, I'm up in, we had a, we've got a perfect view where we're sat up in, um, or I say block B, the Dolman, or E3, E3, or whatever it's called now. <laughs> but um, I think it's one of those, if he if he just pushes it a little bit wider, he, he's going to draw the foul. And he, j- he just didn't quite push it wide enough for the goalkeeper, did he? Because I think everyone was, saying the same if he just literally because he got there in time and he just needed to push it away from the keeper a bit better and he'd have probably drawn a foul but it's, we started I thought we started okay again to be fair we uh, we seem to have this sort of at home there's five ten minutes where we start okay and um and just need to we somehow just need to try and convert those that sort of lively start into better chances and some goals really yeah, yeah, that is the that is the ask, the big ask, and uh, the the home hoodoo is continuing. And uh, let's hope that that come come Wednesday we uh, we push it over the line. But yeah, it's it was it was a chance that uh, w- that was created well, as you say that, that we started well. But um, yeah, that would have been pretty harsh, I think, on uh, on Preston to give that uh, as a penalty. Um, 
Atkinson picks up the ball on the halfway line, driver and run forward. We've seen it, uh, you know, half a dozen times now. Uh, there are cries of shoot from the stands, and he he did hesitate, but eventually he does unleash one. And it was a it was a it was a camera save from the keeper, but it was a shot on target. And great to see Matt Rob Atkinson having those runs forward and now having the confidence to have a shot. Yeah, we've said it quite often with him, haven't we? That um, he's got that ability. Um, he, he takes it forward, probably more so than than any other one sort of player that I've seen. You know, Adam Webster could bring the ball out, but he wouldn't go that far forward. Mm. Whereas with with Atkinson, he isn't afraid to get. I mean, we saw it a few times at Borough, didn't we? He's not afraid to get to their box. Um, so to see him get there and then take the shot, I was really pleased, and it, and it was actually a really good save from the keeper. Yeah, no, it was. It was a good save. And he he seemed to like only take three or four touches to get to the more or less to the edge of the box. So yeah. whether there's no one picking him up or he's just, he is quite quick as well, to be fair, and uh, quite c- controlled he, on the ball. He is. And he's got a good, um, he's got a good sort of, you know, swerve on him. He, he deceives the the opposition. So now I, I really like him and, and I, I'm glad he did that because hopefully he now thinks to himself, got this in my locker mm. you know i'll take a few more on so yeah yeah um next up there's a, a, a baker pass out from the back was really sloppy uh and preston break forward with a neat through ball and, and hit the bar and at this point you know city are living dangerously there's correct chances being created from preston we know daniel johnson's capable um as well of creating chances out of nothing but um tomo your thoughts on you know when when preston hit the bar yeah, I mean, if that's the chance I'm thinking of, from our angle, it looked like Bentley might have got a touch onto it. Um, if it's the one I'm thinking of, that, um, it, that went out over towards the sort of um, Heineken lounge, if you want to call it, in yeah. that far corner of South Stand. I've got a feeling, I don't know what the, what the official reporter said, but from our end, we were both we were both turning around, me, me and um, me and Dara were looking at each other going, he's got a touch on that. So mm. I think actually when they, when, you look, when they look back at that, they might see Bentley got a fingertip onto, onto the bar which if he did, it was an unbelievable save, to be fair. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, without seeing it at that angle, I've only watched it on on my phone on a small screen from the highlights. And uh, yeah, I certainly couldn't see, but it wouldn't surprise me. That's the sort of save that that he's you know likely to make. But just rolling back to the initial pass out from Baker, Matt, and uh, you know, as as we know, he he isn't he isn't gonna he isn't gonna be ten out of ten on passing, and that's that's where where we were let down. I think the problem with him is he's, he takes two or three t- touches to control the ball and take it forward. And his passing is only ever going to be that one up the line or kind of over hit. So, yeah, for, for me, that that's the downside of Nathan Baker playing in that position. Yeah, I do feel sorry a bit. I, I know I, I said at a start, I'm not having either Zach uh, Viner or, or Baker as fullbacks, but I think part, part of the issue is when you look at it from up high, is it, the availability of the passes onto him. With only playing one up top, they're sort of hesitant. You don't you don't necessarily want to lump it long all the time, do you? And um, sometimes it's not always on, but it just looks cumbersome, doesn't it, when they got both of them got the ball at their feet, to be honest. Yeah, I couldn't actually see where where Baker was trying to play that pass. To be fair, no, um, no. and that that was that was the that was the first of many chances for Preston in that first half. Um, and obviously, you know, haven't haven't made note of all of them. But Matt, there were worrying signs in that first half. And to be fair, we were we were lucky not to go into the break a one or two goals down. Is 
he gone? Has he just Daniel Johnson's a difference patch. Quality. He played a number of little slide rule balls in. Um, and it could have easily been two or three. Um, he, he was really that good. The, the right back, the... the, the, the um, can I say the ginger lad? Nothing wrong with that, is there? The tall, the tall lad. The tall, tall the lad, tall, yeah. tall lad. The tall lad, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, no offence, Patch. Um, and um, yeah, he, he got into a number of opportunities where I, th- I think he had a bit of a nosebleed and thought, well, do I shoot here or whatever? But I thought Daniel Johnson was just utter class. And I know, you know, we spoke about it before the game patch that, you know, do we have a bet on him to score at any time? Because he always seems to do well against us. Mm. He's a bit like Barry Bannon when mm. he plays against us. I thought that that's probably the best performance I've seen Daniel Johnson have against us. Everything went through him and he, he didn't waste a pass. And we, we got caught quite a few times with it, didn't we? We were lucky with it. Yeah, yeah he, he's a ne- bit of a nemesis, isn't he? But he does that. He did it really well, didn't he, from all the game where he drops into that, that horrible position for the defenders where he's, he's, he's right in between the midfield and the defence and picks a ball up and just always seems to got a bit he's always seems to got time on the ball hasn't he and, and I don't know the lad's name I mean I thought both their centre forwards were decent to be fair the, the, the small lad I thought was was quite nippy and um, yeah John, Johnson Johnson yeah, was pulling, pulling the strings wasn't he yeah absolutely I was certainly pleased to see him come off um, half time comes and for me changes were needed at that point you know we were like a boxer on the ropes um, yeah. we got our half time summariser Rob says this is not Cardiff away horses for courses different course today Semenyo needs to come on on the right hand side JDS on the left hand side Baker off and King off need to start getting playing last quarter of the half Preston started playing need to be more on the front foot and stop there uh, something being ahead of steam um, so the second half comes, uh, starts, Bentley kicks up field to Martin, who loses the header, but it falls to Masengo, who chests it down and hits a shot on target from 20 yards, and it's tipped over the bar by the keeper. And Tomo, what a strike that was, and great uh, to see that from Masengo. Yeah, it was a great effort. And I, I, we were saying all through that first half, uh, and I don't know why he didn't make the changes at half time, to be honest, but all it was just crying out all through that first half to get Masengo more involved in the middle of the pitch. Um, and I know it's difficult to fit everyone in, but he just, just showed what he could do when he when he, um, when he he came in field. And it was a hell of a strike and a good save in fairness. Yeah. Matt, your thoughts on that from Masengo? Great to see him adding that to his game. Just how good was he? You know, I, I you know, I love him. Um, but I thought yesterday he was outstanding. And I'm amazed. I saw a couple of posts where people were questioning Hanna Masengo. For me, he was head and shoulders our best player yesterday again. Yeah, his energy, commitment, his skill levels and his maturity that he's now showing, fantastic. But absolutely, like you've both said, boys, should have been halftime. Semenya on, King off, Masenga got dropped into the middle. And I, I do think it may have been a different result in the end if they'd have done that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. What, what I really like about Masengo is, is his ball retention, um, and his winning the ball back if he loses it. I think he lost the yeah. ball um, later on in the second half, and he was so determined to get back and win it, win it back, yeah. and, and he did. And yeah, we've described him as a bit of a Rottweiler, not letting go of his ball. Um, he on he the is though, isn't he? Before. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. He he, he, but but the, the boy can play, and and I know I'm I'm boring with it, but I genuinely genuinely believe I I bought a picture. John Donaldson did a a, fo- a sort of portrait of him, and I bought it. And it wasn't cheap, but because I think he will go to the very, very top. 
and it's a signed picture of him. And I, I, I just think he's fabulous, but he's gone on a different level. And I think if we can get him playing in the middle alongside Matty James, I do think we've got an absolute top draw player. Yeah, I, no, hope I, agree. Can, I agree. hope we can keep hold of him. I really do, because I think he's been outstanding. I, I was surprised he didn't go. I was half expecting him to cash in on the win, in the transfer window, to be honest. Because um, yeah. I thought he was, to be honest, probably our only really saleable asset. I, I agree completely with you, Matt. I think I yeah. think he's top. I think he's top class. Yeah. Think, the thing is, Tomo, if if I don't, we don't know, rumours have been to be believed, but we were allegedly looking to offload him to Birmingham for Pedersen, the left back under Dean Olden. And you look at it and you think it's an absolute farce. The kid, yeah. the kid has just got. <laughs> So much talent, and he's twenty years of age. It's yeah. unbelievable. He's played Champions League, mate. He's got, yeah. he's got some about him. He's got energy. He gets about yeah. the pitch. He, he never, all right. He occasionally gives the ball away, but he, he seems to always, you know, he's one of those players. That he gets it, goes into a tackle situation, and seems to come out the other side with the ball yeah. more t- all the time. Um, yeah. I, I just, yeah. I mean, I think he's outstanding. I honestly think yeah. he's. I, I agree with you completely. And I, I'm, yeah, I, I'm not having anyone who doesn't think that he's a top draw player. To be honest. I think in in this season in yeah. particular, Matt and and Tomo, he think few more things have clicked for him. He seems to have found a bit of identity. He seems to have found a manager that really believes in him, yeah. and he will surely be first name on the team sheet for for you know the foreseeable future, and unless of obviously injury or downturn in form. But yeah. um, I I can't see it. I think that he's as listening to an interview of him in the week. He's so committed to he his yeah. his craft. He you yeah. know he he doesn't go out drinking and or doesn't go out at all. From the sounds of it, he's in reading books and learning learning his craft, not playing games, spending time with his family, that sort of thing. So he he sounds yeah. like you know someone who's heavily committed to to the cause, which is always good to hear. Well, well, Patch, when we were at the HPC, um, if you remember, when we walked into the swimming pool, he was the only player still there wasn't he and he was doing you know sat in the swimming pool doing extra you know lengths or whatever mm. um yeah I, I i just think as i say i i hope we keep holding him the bit for me over the last few games he's showing this little bit of quality as well there was one bit yesterday where he just lifted the ball over the defender's head and then took it forward and it was just mm. just class yeah he's just he's a class class act absolutely 56 a great song and a great song. 56 <laughs> minutes. Uh, the atmosphere is building now. After that Masengo chance, chance uh, the atmosphere was building nicely. And then something happens that is my biggest bugbear. Uh, it's a James Corner doesn't beat the first defender, which left everyone feeling flat. Um, and this happened again later in the game. And it's my, it's my biggest annoyance, not clearing the first defender. And maybe uh, he, you know, with him putting one arm in the air, that meant that Martin or someone was supposed to come to the near post at the last minute. But that didn't happen. So it, it let, left James, you know, with a red face, more or less, Tomo. That, it's, it's just so frustrating, isn't it? Yeah, it is frustrating. I'll tell you, that, fr- that frustrates me as well. What frustrated me especially in terms of set pieces yesterday is of long throw-ins. I mean, I don't know how many, how many long throws Callis, Thomas Callis took yesterday, but we didn't look like scoring from any of them. And I'm just like, change it up a little bit. Um, and I'm all, for, I'm all for a long throw if, if you if you make it work. But when it's not working, you've got to try something different. And they just kept chucking it in there, chucking it in there. Same with the corners. It's just, we don't appear to be likely to score from set pieces it's a bit of a it's a bit of a worry really 
Well, James is usually very good with his delivery and has been. Yeah. We know he can do it. And, you know, a couple of his corners did go into the box. But you're right. You know, even though, you, you know, Atkinson came close a bit later on, it's, it's gone are the days where you've got a guaranteed goal with Aidan Flint jumping up with his, with his height and, and heading it in. But we know Callas is capable of it. We know Baker's capable of it and Atkinson. So what's, something's not quite clicking there, Matt. I just don't, I don't like to see us do it. I didn't like it, you know, when Stoke used to do it with Rory Delap and, you know, we, we were at Reading Patch and we were surprised that Callas did it and it worked out and it was great. But to keep doing it, and the other thing is to keep having to get the towel, it slows everything down. It lets the team know, the opposition know what you're going to do. Mm. They set up. And, and yesterday, I genuinely cannot recall one where I thought, cool, that was close or yeah. that nearly happened. And it was like, well, why are we doing it? And the other bit you've got to say is that we got caught a couple of times and you've got Callas yeah. on one side of the pitch who's got to then race back to try and get in position. So... Yeah, I, I don't mind us ferrying it, but to do it all the time like we were doing yesterday, um, not for me. Yeah, yeah, and we've spoke about this previously. For me, it's a it's a last ten minutes nil nil. Yeah, then absolutely. Then try it and and try it and get get it done quickly as well. Um, okay, so fifty seventh minute there was a ripple of applause for uh, Mark Blackwell. So uh, rest in peace, Mark. Um, thoughts with all the family. Sixty uh, first minute, Viner finds Martin, who heads down, and Viman blazes over. I think Viman should take a touch there, you know, because we know that when he's shooting from that sort of distance, it does tend to rise, Tomo. Yeah, exactly. Didn't quite have it. Didn't quite have his radar on, did he? Yes, there was two or three occasions where he had shot a goal that was was nowhere near troubling the keeper. But um, he, he he works so hard, doesn't he? he? Gets himself into those positions, but it just didn't look. It just didn't look like yesterday we were going to score. I think it's one of those games we, we play on and on and on, and didn't look like scoring. And you know, the for me, the creativity was, was an issue, and we were feeding off scraps and the tempo. Well, the other thing was the tempo. I just don't think we. And that's what goes back to the thing about towels we just didn't play at a high enough tempo because I do think I don't think Preston are that great um, and probably were there for the taking but we just didn't play hot play with a high enough tempo to to really pin them back we had won that spell in the second half where they got the crowd going a little bit and before and referee the referee was getting involved and um, was upsetting everyone which got the atmosphere going a little bit but yeah I just they just didn't they just didn't look like creating enough for me to be honest mm. uh, Matt we know Vyman is tenacious and lethal in 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 and around the box, but when it's his shots from distance that that he just needs to get over the ball a bit more. Yeah, he does. I mean, it's, it's funny. Um, my mum was sat with me yesterday, and when he hit that shot, she was like, "Oh, what's he doing?" And I said, "To be fair, it was actually a really difficult technique because the mm. ball kind of banks, and and he's probably gonna." I don't know, two out of 10, where he's actually hitting the target with that sort of one. So that's where, a bit like me today with the golf, you've got to judge what what are the odds with it. And as you say, take a touch, take it forward. But the form he's in, you know, not not going to be overcritical. You know, yeah. we saw the volley, at, the volley at Cardiff. He thinks exactly. he's obviously striking it so well. So, yeah. Absolutely. Okay, so we see a change on the 69th minute. King and Pring off, Semenyo and De Silva on. Um, we'll come on to what shape we were, but personally, I'd have gone Scott for King and bring Masengo in at that point. What shape did that leave us with, Tomo, in your mind? Well, I think that he went he, he went with more than the three, didn't he? And then tried to and playing with um, 
to almost like a three-five-two. I guess it looked like from where I was, because um, uh, they were they, they. But they that left us a bit exposed then. And then Plymouth, uh, Plymouth Preston had a bit of a spell, didn't they? But um, I think he, he tried. He realised that he needed to get more attacking threat on there somehow. Um, Semenyo, I, I like Semenyo. He he he, he works hard, doesn't he? But again, yesterday he didn't really create. A huge amount did he particularly when he came on um jada silver got on the ball um it, 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 but that you could see what they're trying to do shape wise it just for whatever they the press and defended while they were set up well weren't they but just didn't quite happen when even with the substitutions yeah yeah i think i think De silver had a had a few you know good runs down down the down the left um and did did show some signs of danger but it's just Needs to be a bit more direct uh, yeah. for me, Matt. Were your thoughts on the on those first substitutions on the 69th minute? I thought that's what he would do. Um, I mean, I, re- I really like Cam Pring. Um, I think I, I worry a little bit about his fitness at the moment um, because he's he's having to come off because he's not got the, the sort of legs to complete it. It seems, um, and I, I understood Semenya coming on right. Ironically, and I would have you know I said it at halftime. I would have made the change. Masengo probably didn't have the influence from that point on that he'd had up until that point. Um, but yeah, I, you know, I, I agree with you, Patch. It would have been, I think we were we were needing Alex Scott or Casey Palmer to open up Preston in the way that Daniel Johnson had been opening us up. Well, it, um, it's, it, they they are unorthodox players, aren't they? Like yeah. Jack, like Jack Grealish is, um, and we've seen him for Villa, Villa, Man City. I know it's a different exactly. level, but you never quite know where you're gonna where he's gonna go on the pitch. He's gonna pick it up on the right and then fire across to the left. Um, you, you're gonna see that sort of thing from from those two players. So yeah, it's a uh, it's a tough one. Um, but we make another change. Vel, uh, Wells comes on for Viner on the 78th minute. Um, and then we go a little bit more direct. It's almost a three-four-three, Matt. I think at that point, wasn't it? Yeah, it was definitely. Um, so yeah, and I, I I quite like the fact that Pearson went for it. Then I I did look at it and think, oh, because Viner, I thought it had quite a good game. I mean, he, he played one absolute fizzing pass to Andy Viman in the first half. They got um, yeah, penalised for handball, which I'm not sure it was. Um, and the tackle that he made in the second half patch when we got caught from, I don't know if it was from a long throw or what, but we got caught out and it was then sort of one-on-one or one-on-two and, and Viner made a brilliant tackle. So I was a little bit worried that we changed the shape, but Pearson was going for it. He recognised that we needed to get a win and it would have been quite safe to have just stuck with what we were. So I, I admired him going for like he did, but it, it didn't really didn't really change things too much, did it? No, no. Um, another another uh, hand in uh, head in hands moment for me on the 87th minute. It's another corner that doesn't beat the first defender. And when it's in the 87th minute, you know, get it. You've got to get it in the box. You can't be you can't be hitting it to the first defender. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I really like Matty James Patch. As you know, I thought it was his poorest game yesterday. I thought his dead ball delivery just wasn't very good. And and sometimes when that happens. You almost need someone else to, to sort of step in and take it. Take a little Andy bit of Vi- Andy, off him. Andy Vyman was going to take it. He was, um, yeah. But but he put the ball down, and James yeah. comes across again. Eighty yeah. seventh minute, just get it in. Just and whoever's there, get it in ironic, the box. Ironically, patch with that one. Andy Vyman stood there, and with James coming like he did, the defenders went. Antoine Semenya was completely unmarked on the edge of the box, and I genuinely thought they'd spotted it. 
and they didn't. They then left it and let Matty James hit the first defender again. So, yeah. yeah well, yeah, could, that, that could have been a good training ground routine, couldn't it? Yeah, yeah, it could have. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm not um, sure they've got the vision that I've got, but yeah. Well, let's get you down there. Take training. <laughs> um, not with these knees. Nigel is in the technical area, which he doesn't like to do. He had several engagements with the officials. Maybe he wants to stay upstairs for his blood pressure, uh, was my thought. Um, but for me, there, are there now too many voices in that technical area? Um, if, if Nigel does come down, maybe someone goes up. And I don't know for sure that they were all there. I didn't actually see Downing. But um, Matt, from your angle, you can see slightly better who's in the dugout from me. There's, there's, there's Fleming, Simpson, Downing, Pearson. Pat Mountain sometimes gets involved. Uh, yeah. two, quite a lot of voices. No, I agree. I agree. Um, obviously, Pearson, and I think is one of the games you you referenced. I don't know if it was Cardiff, but he came down in, almost said, "Right, shut up, I'm doing it." Um, Curtis Fleming seems to be very vocal. Um, seems to do a lot of the kind of talking, but yeah, absolutely. For me, have your manager there. Let your your number twos come across and speak to the manager. Have you know the ideas? I don't think it needs more than one doing got, it. You got your number two, three, and four now. Or, yeah, or yeah. three number twos. Yeah, and I, I, and I completely understand that Curtis Fleming was only brought in um, as cover for for Paul Simpson. And I think I read something in the week that there is going to be, you know, his contract will not roll on. I think Nigel didn't like that term, but he'll be there for a little while yet. So yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how he, they address that balance, Tomo. Yeah, no, it is. Uh, what was interesting, I don't know if you um, saw uh, Nigel Pearson's interview after he, uh, Gregor had obviously, um, I think a lot of fans have picked up at Borough, especially, didn't we, about the fact he was up in the stands um, and people wanted to see him down on touchline, but he played it uh, quite a straight bat in the interview that I read um, on, on social media where he sort of said, any, uh, I think the exact line was something along the lines of anyone who uh, thinks they can influence a game from the touchline, it, 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 it is over egging it. He's obviously um, not thinking that you can do that much from the touchline. I sort of get what he's coming out. When you get even with the the only seventeen thousand and the noise, it's difficult to get your message across from the touchline. To be fair, so it's just little bits and bobs. But you're quite right to see people, different people, jumping in and out of technical zone. I think sometimes can confuse players. To be fair, I think the the, the man at the top's got to take take the the bulk of the bulk of it the responsibility it was nice to see him down there but yeah you do wonder you do wonder if the players end up getting mixed messages if you're not careful yeah so the game ends uh nil nil uh it's a home clean sheet it's not a home win um matt what was your broad brush stroke of the game um I actually enjoyed it. As as nil-nils against Preston go, I've seen an awful lot of those that have been pretty <laughs> dire and um, it almost made you think, is this is what's going to happen? You know, are they going to break away and get the winner at the end? Um, I don't think it was a, an unenjoyable, uninspiring nil-nil. Um, I just think we could have actually, if we'd gone for it a little bit more and made the right substitutions and the right starting lineup, I think it's a game we could have won. So it's a bit disappointing from that point of view. Yeah, I mean, the, the chances that Preston had, it was a point gain for me. Um, honestly thought that, that you know, if they could have finished, they could have had three or four. Um, and as Tomo said, you couldn't see a scoring. So, uh, uh, Tomo, your your thoughts were you? Yeah, were you... I think it, it, we we sort of said it all through the all through the chat. Really, we we're lacking that little bit of of 
pure creativity, I think, on a regular basis through 90 minutes. Um, and I, I think Preston did well. They came down, they were nick. They, they, teams are working out how to play against us when we're at home because they know the crowd will be quiet and they're, 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 they're slowing things down. I mean, we haven't mentioned the referee. I mean, I thought the referee was awful yesterday and not particularly necessarily bias one way or the other. I thought it was just awful. It was all about him. Um, and I hate it when referees feel like they've got to be the centre of attention. Um, and I think he, he was slowing the game down. How they, how they only came up, everyone was stunned when they put the board up at the end and there was only three minutes of injury time. I really was surprised. Um, I, I just think he's still playing with the with, with the the players in the right formation. I'm not sure he knows yet exactly what he wants out of them. And I think it'll come. I'm, I'm not, I want despondent. I just walked out of it. It was just a bit meh game. We probably, like, like Matt said, against Preston, we see a lot of narrow defeats. It was probably one of those on another day you could win, but quite easily they could have nicked it as well, couldn't they? But yeah, I think, yeah, Wednesday night's massive for me. Because um, if you look at the, the fixtures coming up after Wednesday night, I really think they've got to try and get this hoodoo off their back and win win Wednesday night to be honest my, my overriding thought was um I felt so sorry for the people that only go to the home games because <laughs> Cardiff away Reading away this season and in seasons gone by they're great performances they're up for it I know that it's a it's a more concentrated group of fans that are you know the singing section, and then you get sort of dragged into it. Yeah. I sit, I sit yeah. over in the Lansdowne, lower Lansdowne. There's no, there's no singing section. If you, if I started to chant, everyone would look at me as if to say, "What are you doing?" You know. Yeah. But yeah. At, when you're when you're I, away, you get caught up uh, into uh, it. Everybody's involved, aren't they? Away. I, I, I thought the the atmosphere yesterday was really, really flat. Yeah. Up until the last 15, 20, you know, fifteen. Yeah, 15 minutes, I'd say. But how many times um, have we seen that, Matt? You know, yeah, years gone by yeah. with Eliasson coming on for the last 20 yeah, minutes, completely. whipping up the crowd. Mm. Um, yeah, I just, I just, yeah. anyone who's listening who hasn't been to an away game, please do, because, <laughs> you know, you, you get your money's worth. Certainly. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, you have you have to also say, and I did see, I can't, Neil Skuse, I want to say, and if I've got the wrong name, apologies, but I'm sure I saw someone tweet yesterday saying, but let's be fair about it. You know the performances have improved, and oh, absolutely yeah. no excuse. You know that that home record needs to be sorted. But there's there's a bit of me that kind of thinks, do you know what though? We know we're going in the right direction. We're we're trying to play football the right way. We're trying to do the right things. Sometimes you have to build through that and go through these rather than if yeah. we play some of the crap that we've seen in one one nil. Does that really then make it? A, a better experience? I don't know. So, yeah, that's a fair yeah. point. And, and Matt, you know, obviously going into the game with the, how we felt after the Cardiff Cardiff game oh, and the yeah. expectation of winning, at the yeah. end, it was almost a bit of a reality check to say, you know, at the start of the season, we said we would be a mid-table club at best. Yeah. Uh, was our was our sort of prediction because it is a rebuild. Uh, it is steps in the right direction. Yeah, and completely. a home draw against Preston is probably... <laughs> reality isn't it well they're, they're a bogey team um but you know they've got some quality players and daniel johnson as we've already talked about but nigel pearson's been very very clear that this isn't going to be a quick fix and i think you know fan fans need to be realistic about it um so if we said at the start of the season if we can finish mid-table with seeing some goals and seeing some decent performances then great you know i'll take that because he then needs to then buy the players that he wants to. This transfer window is unlike any other transfer window that 
probably in my lifetime we've experienced because of mm. the the restrictions that there are and the players that are available and everything else. So, you know, we, we do have to be a little bit realistic. But to the same extent, I'm absolutely 100% behind all of those fans saying our home record is not good enough. Of course it's not. But, you know, again, you, you can win games 1-0 and be absolute rubbish. Does that make it better than what we're trying to do and what we're seeing at the moment? Not yeah. for me. I'll, I'll, take, I'll take a performance yesterday than I would have done where we've got battered and we've ended up winning 1-0, as, as stupid as that might sound to some because I can see what we're trying to do with it. Yeah. A couple of tweets came in. Uh, Lee Williams, three words for three peeps in a podcast, lacked cutting edge. I think that was pretty much what Tomo said. Um, uh, Dean Allen, a decent point for Bristol City against a solid Preston side, despite a lack of clear-cut chances. That was a game we would have lost last season. Let's go all-out attack um, against Luton on Wednesday, please, and get that elusive home win. I can't see that happening, but we'll come on to uh, to the Luton formation, how we might line up. Um, and then one from Nigel Smith. I enjoyed how we played, and we'll have a decent run of wins soon if we continue to play like that. Matthew Withers was also a tonic with Jeff Twentyman, um, and good company on the way home on the radio. And how was that, Matt? Yeah, it was great. I mean, you know, we, I, I, I think Jeff's a top, top, top guy. Chrissy Honor was there and, and Del, who we've had on, on the podcast, is obviously right, a really... It was a right banter fest. <laughs> Do you know what? It, it actually was. And it was, if you'd seen some of the body language as well, I mean, there was one bit where, where Jeff referenced Han Noah turning down a sort of volley opportunity in the first half. And uh, he gave this kind of indication that, um, you know, either taking it on, and I'm like, yeah. what? <laughs> you know, you <laughs> so no, it's it's always it's always good fun. Yeah, I'm not I'm not sure my mum enjoyed the walk up to the landing, but I was yeah, going to say, did that. she did she get a chance to give Jess a kiss or a handshake? Did, did give, didn't give him a kiss, but she did give him a little wave. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> she she was happy. Yeah, brilliant. No, it was great to meet your mum yesterday. Um, Thank you, mate. Uh, so let's go on to the ratings, and then we'll talk about the next game. So uh, Matt, over to you. Yes. Okay. Um, and the reason I'm pausing is because... Um, You're getting the, the team I've, up on I, your phone, I expect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I actually, because obviously no one I was going to be away today, I actually did my um, my live post column. Um, um, right. So I had to put in the the, the, the the ratings, but that doesn't mean we can't disagree. So, Let's um, go for it. So I've gone Dan Bentley as a six. Um, I thought he made a good save in the first half. I thought his distribution was, was quite slow yesterday. Um, and a couple of times when the balls came in, I thought his starting position on some of those breaks in the second half, I on- honestly thought, why is he not sweeping that up? And then it, it kind of looked like they were going to get a chance. So, yeah, um, I've gone six because it, it was a performance I expect our goalkeeper to have. I think he's better than he actually showed. So that's why I went six. So, so Tomo, just uh, just to clarify, so six is an expected performance and you can challenge, Matt. Actually, yep. you can challenge, but he's already submitted these to the Evening Post. <laughs> yeah, um, that's fine. But that's this fine. is for the podcast. <laughs> exactly. um, so I, I, I'll, yeah. I, I would actually challenge for a seven, um, okay. personally, because it's a clean sheet. You don't always expect a clean sheet from your goalkeeper. And if yep. he does if he does get a finger on that, on that shot that um, Tomo was talking that's about good. earlier on, yeah, good good point. And there was one when, it, in, like I said, early in the first half where he he came sort of out and spread himself. So yeah, I'll I'll, I'll take a seven, mate. I'll take a seven. I'm not I'm not going to worry I, about I'd that. I'd probably go on. So I know what Matt's saying about about his um about his position and stuff and not coming out and dominating when it gets lumped forwards. But yeah, I I'm ninety five percent certain he got a fingertip onto that shot there at the bar. 
Well, in which case, then yeah, no, we'll, we'll, have, to, we'll have to tweet him and ask him. We'll, yeah. we'll, go, we'll, go, we'll go seven, yeah. Okay. Um, Zach Vine and I've gone seven. Um, I thought he's. It was a decent game from Zach. I thought the, the ping, as I said to Andy Vyman, was was really good, and then that tackle at the end. Um, arguably, I think that tackle you might even be talking about an eight, but I went I went seven for Zach. Okay. Callas um, and Atkinson. I thought out of the two, Callas was a little bit better than, than Atkinson. I thought Atkinson got caught a couple of times um, with the movement of Maguire, um, and I thought Callas was was really really solid. So I went eight and seven for those two. Okay. Obviously, the only thing I'd say there is Atkinson and and that shot. The fact that yeah. he added yeah. that to his game, I, I I see where you're going with um you know the the previous comment, but um yeah, I'm somewhere in the middle on that one, Tom. What yeah, do you no, think? I I thought Atkinson played well yesterday. I thought he, he's a good athlete. I thought he was good. I thought he was. I I didn't I didn't think he put a foot wrong. Really, he's um got good, good with a foot a ball at his feet, and I thought he he made some timely interceptions as a header as wise. Yeah, I'd have probably I'd have probably yeah. We'll go him. to eights. Yeah, yeah go, go to eights. That's fine. Yeah. And you got to speak to him afterwards, didn't you? Or is that just Jeff? No, well, Jeff, Jeff, Jeff did. Yeah, we didn't. But yeah, Jeff, Jeff, Jeff uh, hogged the microphone on that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, Bakes, I've gone six. Um, again, I, I kind of gone six because I expect him to, you know, defend like he defends. I just, you know, it, it's it's a bit harsh, and maybe that's why he probably, you know, he might go a seven. But he's not going to be bringing the ball out. Um, he gets a little bit of a nosebleed when he gets forward and not quite sure what to do. But when you're playing in that left-back position, that's what you've got to do. So, um, you know, and he, and he takes two or three touches to bring it under control and make that pass. As you said, the pass he played in the first half, it was almost, I don't even know what you're trying to do with that. Mm. Um, so I've gone six for him. Yeah, I, th- I think that's, that's okay. Obviously, you know, it's his second or third game at left-back. Yeah. Um, and he's he's been asked to go into that role, so it's nothing yeah. against him at all. No, but not at all. You can only you can only rate on what you've seen. Yeah, exactly. Um, Matty James and Andy King. Um, I've gone two fives to pay for those. Which um, in, in Matty James's case, for me, I expect having what I've watched so far this season, he fell below what I expect from him. Um, hence the five. Um, I thought it was the poorest game he's had in a City shirt I don't think anything really came off for him um, he looked very leggy as did Andy King which after a, an international break I don't I don't get that um, but his, his dead ball delivery was really poor um, so yeah I've gone two fives for both of those let's just drag it back a little bit so obviously last season without Matty James and Andy King we probably would have lost the game if if those two and, guys yeah, yeah know, that's, with, that's with those guys really being in there point. And, and I'm I said yesterday on um, on Jeff's show that I'm not sure about Andy King yet. I I I'm, I worry his legs have gone a little bit. I think you can see that he's got um, he's got that experience about him and he, and he knows what to do. But I'm not I'm just not seeing enough that would mean he starts over Masengo in that role or even Joe Williams when he's back fit. Um, but obviously Nigel Pearson likes him. And he trusts him. Um, but I, you know, I think it's probably pretty much. Every, I'm not sure he's finished 90 minutes yet. Um, mm. So for me, yeah, I, I just felt I felt that was where we we didn't lose the battle, but we didn't win the game was because the midfield just wasn't, you know, it, it, in the dominating best really yesterday. Yeah. Um, Han Noah, and you know, I, I do try and be honest. I have got players that I really like, but 12? I, I just 
And do you know what? They've actually, I, I've gone. I've gone eight. I've gone eight because you know, yeah, he had that dipping shot. He took down the volley. You know, and and I get, you know, that the whole thing around what what did he create and did he score? And I get that, but he looks like a man now that believes he can score. Um, and I just thought his his play, especially in the first half, was just outstanding. So for me, he was man in a match, and it was an eight for him. Yeah, I mean, if we if we win the game. Uh, it might be a nine if you win it, the game. Yeah, yeah. I just, I just yeah. don't see how you can give anyone a nine without winning the game. No, I, which I is for me yeah. why I'm not saying nine for Masengo. Yeah. But, but I'll, I'll go back to what I said earlier on. And anybody who watched that game yesterday that criticises Hanno and Masengo, I'd love to sit down and have a beer with them and just sort of yeah. say, please, just explain. explain to me what you're watching that in any that way you're missing. You think that that perform, yeah, that that, that performance <laughs> yesterday wasn't a clear man of the match for City. I thought Daniel Johnson was man of the match. I thought he was outstanding. But for City, I thought Hanno was our best player. Yeah, probably not. He could have took that volley on in fairness. That was right in front of yeah. us. Um, yeah. It, it just, it, it came over someone's hand. I don't think he had himself set to hit it. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, but um, yeah, no, he, he, I thought he's had his shoulders above anyone. Well, there was really a, there was a yeah. poll on the, on the Bristol City Twitter page and he, he was like 80% out of the four yeah. options for yeah. man of the match. So. And, and, he, and he got it from the, the sponsors as well, didn't he? But yeah, I, I again, you know, I, I don't want to, put pressure on the kid or anything else but you've got to call it how you see it and I, I just love his energy and the way that he's playing yeah um, and then for for Campering Andy Vyman and Chris Martin I've, I've gone sixes for all three um, I thought they all they all worked hard um, it didn't quite come off for Chrissy Martin or, or Andy Vyman um, and even with Cam you know but he, he was doing what we want him to do he gets beyond the, the last defender quite a few times he, he had a bit of a running battle with the, the, the tall um, right back for them. Um, I don't want him to get into the kind of Jack Grealish fill a touch on your back and fall over, which a, a couple <laughs> of times yesterday I felt he didn't get the free kick, but for me it wasn't a free kick. So, you know, but, you know, and then and going on to Andy Byman and Chris Martin, it, it was one of those games where it just didn't quite work out. There were moments, Chris Martin made a couple of really, really good runs and didn't get the ball. The move for the Vyman shot that we talked about was a really, really good move. The way they linked up and the yeah. way that Martin sort of nodded it back. But, you know, they didn't and they test the up, keeper they, enough. Yeah, they yeah, linked they, up yeah. at the start as well when, yeah. when uh, Martin got, you know, upended exactly. slightly. Yeah. But yeah, 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 a couple of instances where they were close together enough to to, to work well as a as a two. Exactly, um, yeah. Yeah, and, and if if you are, if it is 4-4-2 now and not, Four four one one or whatever, um, you know. That's when if it doesn't work again, let's say for the Luton game, that's when you've got to bring Wells in and and play him alongside Martin and find somewhere else, I guess, for Vyman. It's a, you know, that's a good point about Wells, Patch, because I thought when he came on, he showed a real determination. A couple of times he got to the byline and, and kind of, you know, sort of tried to take it in and got tackled and won the corners. I thought he showed a real endeavour when he came on. Mm. Maybe it was probably five ten minutes. You know, too late, really. I think he might have been a deserving of a little bit more of a long, longer game. And you know, but it, but again, he scored what was it, three or four in the week. Um, mm. So yeah, it's it's positives. But yeah, for for me yesterday, it just didn't quite click. In goes back to what Bigsy said. You know, we just weren't clinical enough. Um, but you have to say, nor were Preston. If Preston had been clinical, oh, I God. think they would yeah. they win the game, don't they? So yeah, absolutely, yeah, it's true. At the end of the day, it's too it's too. 
what will end up, I expect, two mid-table sides in there. That's what fight yeah. out against each other. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then gone... our ninth, yep. I've, gone, I've gone sixth for ninth. Um, and, and arguably, could that be a five? Because what, you know, do we you expect? You expect a home a win, win, don't you? So, so probably it should be a five. Yep. Um, I don't think he got the starting lineup right but again, that's with hindsight and, you know, it, it's always one of those things. How many times over the years have you heard you don't change a winning team? So mm. I'm, I'm not really going to be overcritical on him on that. I would like to have seen him made subs at halftime because I yeah, thought we I were um, crying out for it. So, yeah, five, five is probably the right call there. So, I, I, yeah, it is that old adage of you don't change a winning team, but that team was set up in a, such a way for exactly. a specific reason. Yeah, um, yeah. to deal with the aerial threat from Cardiff. And Absolutely we asked yeah. we asked Gary Arras at the end of the Cardiff podcast, would you change the team? And he said no. So, you know, it would, he expected Baker to start at left back today. Um, yeah. For me, I, I, I didn't because we're playing A, at home, and B, the aerial threat isn't as high as it was against Cardiff. So you bring Jada Silva back in for me. Um, and that's without so hindsight. Right. But um, yeah. I think you're yeah, right. I mean, interesting. Maguire is just one of those nippy forwards, isn't he? So, um, I yeah. what you were going to say then, nippy. F- no, no, no. Nippy, <laughs> nippy. He's, a, he's, he's a nippy forward, although he did he did actually win a fair bit of ball. Um, it was sort of played up to him. So, but yeah, I, th- I think you just said it spot on, Parish, what okay. you said. Cool. Lovely stuff. Thank you, Matt. Um, so, Luton on Wednesday, coming fast and furious, the games. Um, obviously, that's great for us as spectators and look forward to that. But in terms of the starting lineup, uh, Tomo, what uh, what changes changes do you make? It's a, such a tricky one because it, it, from, from the manager's point of view, it's going to depend for me on what system he wants to play um, as to whether he wants to play four. Uh, if he's going to play four, I think he's he has to he has to change it around a little bit because I don't think the the four that started on on Saturday are really that great in a four. I, for me, I, I'd maybe go three five two or even three four three. I, I think he's got he's got a somehow, and I'm not sure I got the answer, but he's got a somehow get some more attacking threat on the pitch. Um, I don't think Luton probably will come and do the same as Preston did. They'll come and spoil a little bit and, and play on the break a little bit. I don't know I don't know much about their side, but I imagine that's what they'll try and do. So we, we need that creativity to be able to try and break them down. Early goal would be great because then that'll relax the crowd a bit. Because the longer this goes on, the more, you know what City fans are like, the more likely they're going to get edgier and edgier and edgier. Um, so for me, he's, he's got to change it around, but it's going to boil down. The, the, the personnel for me is dependent on what formation he wants to play, really. Okay, so I'll tell you what I would do. So I would bring um, the silver in for Baker. Mm-hmm. I would bring in um, Masengo in for Andy King and start with Alex Scott. Uh, and I would stick stick with Vyman and Martin. But if it's not working at halftime, I would probably bring Vyman off and put Wells on. Um, that'd be my my plan. Uh, Matt, over to you. I go with that. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, okay. um, I, I agree. I think um, definitely De Silva comes in, um, but but maybe it is a, a chance for Naki Wells now. Give him an opportunity. Yeah, cool. Okay, good stuff. Right, a um, couple of other bits of bits and pieces. There's a fans panel that was announced on October the 11th at the Hen and Chicken in Bevinster. So hopefully we'll be able to to go along to that and listen to Nigel Pearson 
and uh, Richard Gould. So uh, I think tickets go not on sale, but uh, are available um, to get on Thursday. Um, Matt, I just wanted to touch base with a couple of things non-City related with you. Uh, your thoughts on last night's tennis, Emma Raducanu. Oh, Patch, honestly, it's, it's for me, and I'm, I'm very patriotic. I, I'll watch anything really sport-wise. Um, I don't think I've ever seen a British sports person at that level so young. Um, it was, I, I, I put it on Facebook, didn't I? Even if you don't like tennis, to have watched that game last night, it was two young women at the very, very top of their sport. Um, even though they're only really just starting out, it was so enjoyable to watch. And the grit, the courage, the maturity that Emma Raducanu showed, um, and then the way she spoke afterwards, you know, I'm, anybody that knows me, I'm an, an emotional guy, but I was in <laughs> tears, especially when Tim Henman was sort of speaking about her. Um, it was brilliant, absolutely brilliant. And I hope I hope she keeps her feet on the ground, and I think she will, because I think she's got a good support team around her from, from everything that's being said. But it was such a... It was just a great game. And, and Patrick, I know you watched the sort of last five games or whatever, but I said to you, if you can, go back and watch the yeah, whole no, game. Because it was such an, such an enjoyable tennis match. And I do like my tennis. Um, you know, I've been lucky enough to get the Wimbledon quite a few times in. But I, I can't recall ever, ever watching a women's game where two women were going at it like they were. That were, You know, you talk about hitting the ball hard. They were hitting the ball with such ferocious power, but were hitting the lines all the time. It was brilliant. Yeah, mm. really, really good. Tomo, you're nodding along there. Did you watch it? Yeah, I watched. To be fair, I'm not a, a bit like Matt. I'm, it's one of the few um, ball sports I don't particularly watch. Um, uh, it was. I watched the first five games, maybe, and exactly what Matt said. The, the, the standard of hitting from both girls was absolutely phenomenal. The power, uh, as a as a sort of a, a physio, the power and the, and the accuracy of, the, of their and their athleticism was just unbelievable. Um, and let you've mentioned obviously there about about you being a physio. Just give us a. a a, a, some a highlight reel um, of your f- career as a physio. Oh wow! So I've been well, I've been qualified twenty odd years now. So I, I, I started off in the in the NHS um, as a physio at Safemead, and then um, was lucky enough to because I always thought I wanted to be a sports physio, and I was lucky enough to be the head physio at Bristol, well Bristol Shoguns when I started. So I was four years at Bristol uh, when we played at the Merrill three and a half seasons, and yeah, first season we got promoted. It's a phenomenal time to be fair, especially the first couple of years, um, and then since then I've sort of um done lots of other stuff worked at Cheltenham Town for a couple of years as a consultant uh, when Gary Johnson was there that was interesting um but yeah last 10 years I've, I've had my own private practice in Hannam and um very very lucky to have recently moved into a new sort of purpose-built place on the high street but yeah and I do a little bit of teaching at UWE as well but yeah and no, I had three three and a half really really good years at, at, at Bristol Rugby I used to have, um really like winding up all my Rovers mates uh, on a Friday night when it was peeing down with rain and um, and they were playing the next day and I dragged my sort of not insignificant frame across the pitch for <laughs> 80 minutes um, and telling what state the pitch was in for the next day. But yeah, they were good days a few years ago now, but yeah, good days to be fair. And when it's cold, do you wear any more than a T-shirt like Buster Footman? 
Yeah, so I was the opposite to Buster. So I, I mean, Buster's one of my idols. He's one of the reasons I got into physio and fairness. Him and um, well, wow. Alex Lock going back as far as Alex Lockhart when I first started watching the city was sort of where I first started to see um, physios working in football. Um, Buster was an absolute legend. I remember being at Grimsby one New Year's Day, um, and oh my god, it was the coldest um, I've ever been at a football match. And he had a t-shirt on. Um, so I was the opposite. So I used to I had a bit of a sort of cult following at the rugby club because um, I would always wear shorts but that was mainly because I'm not the, the most athletic so um, I didn't want to wear tracksuit bottoms so I might have five or six tops on but I would always be in shorts whatever the weather so it's a bit the opposite really Brilliant, fantastic story oh, Brilliant, um, Matt a bit of a, a fairy tale return for Cristiano Ronaldo, bet you were pleased with that <laughs> Yeah it's, it's funny because um, where I sit, Dennis Sigrun, everyone knows that I am a, a, a Man United fan as well. Um, I'm not one of these, oh, we've got two teams in, no, Bristol City is my team, uh, absolutely, but I do like Man United. Um, and and for me, Ronaldo is probably the best player in my lifetime. And and the reason I say that, I think Messi is probably the best talent, or that has got the most talent and, and does stuff that I've never seen. But Ronaldo has done it at Man United first time around, at Real Madrid, at Juventus, as Portugal captain, the goals that he scored. Um, and yesterday for me, I, I, I actually thought it was really nice to hear him say that he was nervous mm. um, and what it meant for him to score, you know, the, the two goals that he did. And I think it'd make a massive difference to Man United. I really do. Um, and all the pundits that sort of said he's 36 and haven't got it. Um, I'll tell you what. He's, if... he's got the, uh, the, the, the phys- physical <laughs> age. Oh my God. Uh, of a 25 year old. Yeah. I've never looked like that ever. So at 36 <laughs> to be able to do that. Yeah. Amazing. So yeah, it's good to see. And that's, that's what we want in this league, isn't it? We want to see, you know, in, he's going to get 20 goals, there, isn't he? I would be amazed if he doesn't patch. I really would. Cause I just think that the ability that he's got, I mean, the second goal. Yeah. Woodman, who was on loan at Swansea and, and we know that he's, he's got a bit of a rick in him. Um, as, as Antoine Semenyo can point out. Um, yes, all right, he probably should have done slightly better with the second one because it's through his legs. But Ronaldo hits it so early. But the speed that he run, ran onto the Luke Shaw ball mm. uh, was just brilliant. And and yeah, you know, I, I make no bones about it. I was delighted when I saw that he scored two. So, yeah. Excellent. Good stuff. Uh, thank you very much to Matt for dialing in from his no, golf course. Thank you, boys. <laughs> and, uh, and Tomo, big thanks yeah. for joining us. We'll be back thursday morning um post luton with colin sutton so uh, looking Sucks, forward yeah. to that so yeah. thank you everyone for listening don't forget to retweet this episode on at 3piapc on twitter to enter into that prize draw for those prints from the roof studio so uh, for now brilliant thanks for listening take care cheers, boys. take care everyone cheers Tom. take care cheers mate